Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 102. Today I'm going to chat with Michael Sagoen from Blown Deadline, talk about how to get red wine out of a white dress, and discuss Trigger Con. I am your host, Ava Flanell, and Michael, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Good. For vacation this weekend. I know, I'm jealous. I need a vacation. Especially after TriggerCon. Yeah, you need a vacation from the vacation. Yeah, exactly. And actually, more than anything, so I wasn't, you know, we, I appreciate you kind of meet me last minute because we threw this show together, but I did two bar classes this morning and I don't know what happened. Like I am so exhausted. Usually I'll do, you know, two back to back classes, but I feel like I got hit by a bus. So I was thinking, oh, maybe I'll take a nap later on. <laughs> and instead I'm chugging coffee. It's all good. All right. Before, before we get into it, I'm going to talk about Manicore Arms real quick. Their night break. I just recently built a, or assembled built an AR chambered in 762 by 39. Lots of people told me not to do it because I'd have issues. So far, I've not had a single issue, but I put the night break on it and it's insane. Like how much of a difference it makes. It just shoots so smoothly. The night break was made basically to, you know, to provide, uh, prevent like recoil. Um, I would definitely say, you know, it works well and anybody that's tried it, they love it basically sells itself. But if you want to go in and buy one, go uh, to manicorearms.com. The cost is $64.95. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. so dramatic, right? It's incredibly dramatic. Yeah. Well, that was all for you. (laughs) Um, so, all right. So we've actually known each other for a little while, but we just met face to face, um, this past weekend at TriggerCon. And then, and then you turned into like a total stalker and everywhere I went, you went. (laughs) TriggerCon wasn't that big. I know. Um, but you are definitely, I mean, you're a cool guy on like social media and stuff, but you're definitely really cool in person. And, uh, you know, so you have that going for you. I actually enjoyed your company, but, um, that aside, tell people whoever doesn't know or whoever hasn't heard of blown deadline, just tell them what it is. Well, basically we do Cerakote. I know there's hundreds of different Cerakote shops out there, but we just do it a little bit different from everybody else. And we kind of set some new trends here and there and try to push the envelope and change things up, Mm -hmm. keep people on their toes. And so what would you say that you do that's different from every other Cerakote guy out there? Well, now that everybody does everything we do, every day we're coming up with new ideas. Now that we got a laser engraver, though, we're starting to push the envelope and integrate the laser with Cerakote not just engraving, but actually removing Cerakote to reveal other coatings below it. So we can get some pretty cool effects and different graphics and saves time and honestly, lots of money. Yeah, definitely. So when did you start Blown Deadline? Um, I believe it was July, around this time, 2013. Okay, so for, I mean, you guys are like super established. 
even at TriggerCon, like everywhere I went in everybody's booth, they had your work like on display. It was their gun, but you know, you, you did the Cerakote for them. So you definitely have like really excelled in just such a short period of time. What do you like? Why did you start the business and what were you doing beforehand? I used to be a uh, automotive interior engineer. Mm-hmm. What we would do is, uh, create based on drawings and specs from different manufacturers like Ford, GM, Chrysler, create interior parts like door panels, IPs, console lids, armrests, you name it, everything to do with the interior of the car. And then once we created those parts, we would figure out how to pattern them and wrap them with either TPO, which is like a cheap plastic or expensive leather, like to mean some of the, like the Corvettes. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So after that, I got laid off. And when you can't find a job as an automotive interior engineer in Detroit, what else is there to do? So I got lucky and just started painting a couple of my own guns and the right person noticed it and started blowing me up on Instagram. Nice. And it, was, it really was. It was pure dumb luck. Right. I feel like that's how like most success happens overnight is it's just, it's all about luck. I mean, it, it does have to do with hard work and, and obviously providing good quality work, but <laughs> I mean, like if you suck at it, you're not going to have success, but so I have a few questions. So that's interesting that you design. I actually did not know that. What, like, when did you get into guns? I would probably say a year before that. I'm oh, a wow. newbie. I haven't been, my first gun was a MMP, nine millimeter. This oh, was good. Probably- at least they didn't talk you into buying a 40 or a high point. Yeah, no, I talked to a few people and a few friends that knew more about guns than I did at the moment. Uh-huh. And did, you know, the M&P and obviously a Glock, but I didn't like Glocks. Hmm. I didn't know anything about them. Yeah. But the M&P looked cool. So I buy, I buy stuff mainly on appearance, believe it or not. The function, they function well. Awesome. Yeah. If not, I just buy another one. Uh-huh. Okay. So you got into guns like a year prior. Did you, I mean, cause you, in order to Cerakote a lot of things, you have to take the guns apart. So was that kind of like a learning curve for you? Yeah, I'd, I'd say somewhat. I mean, I'm pretty good. I used to be a mechanic for Jaguar probably 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm mechanically inclined. And if I could take something apart, I can usually get it back together. No, oh, that's good. That's, that's actually a really great quality that most men don't possess. A lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. I'm a YouTube armorer. Yeah. Well, YouTube, I don't, I mean, I learned how to make like everything off of YouTube. I learned how to Cerakote on YouTube. Wow. And now you're basically, now everybody's like copying your guys' work. Well, I mean, it's almost like the movies nowadays. They're remaking a lot of stuff. It's the same with Cerakote. There's mm-hmm. not a lot. Of, I mean, there's some new patterns and there's some really creative guys in the industry that do fantastic work, but a lot of it is just copied, redone and done in their own, you know, their own fashion or their own, take their own spin on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody does M81 Woodland. Everybody does multicam. It's just how they do it, how it looks. And, you know, you can change it up and make it however you want. Mm-hmm. So what do you think makes a good Cerakoter? Like if someone were to search for somebody, 
how do you know, you know, like the difference between like garbage and quality? Well, the first thing I was reluctant to take the Cerakote certification class, mm -hmm. but they offered to offered it to me for a good deal and they got me in pretty quickly and they don't teach you how to paint or they teach you more about the actual media you're using. They don't teach you how to do anything. They're not, they don't teach you creativity. I mean, they show you a few tricks, but I mean, creativity is something that you either have or you don't have. Mm -hmm. You can't really teach that. Yeah. But they how the Cerakote works and different methods to spray it, how to bake it, how to prep and clean and stuff like that. So it was, it was worth every penny taking the class. Mm -hmm. I don't regret it. So that's one thing. If somebody is certified, then at least, you know, they have a, they have a good handle on, on the product and how the product works as well as support from Cerakote. Cause if you're not certified, Cerakote's not going to support any issues. They may ask, they may answer some questions, but they're not going to jump through hoops to try to help you out. Mm -hmm. So, and then, you know, big OEMs and different manufacturers like to see that you're certified. Yeah. Now this isn't saying that guys that aren't certified don't know what they're doing because there's a few guys out there that can't get certified simply because they're too close to someone else that was certified before that. Gotcha. Yeah. Like, actually, I think I heard that, that there's, you know, it has to be like within designated areas and stuff. Like there's, yeah, there's only yeah. so many. Depending on the population, the area. Yeah. That's kind of ridiculous because I mean, if there's 10 million people within 50 square miles, you need more than one Cerakote. Yeah. Or at least one. I mean, they'll certify you, but they won't put you on their certified applicator map, which I guess is what you're paying for for the class. Mm -hmm. So what do you think is like the biggest mistake that most Cerakoters make? 95% of the mistakes is prep. Gotcha. How to either clean properly, gas out all oils, contaminants, sandblast. I mean, all that stuff, when it comes down to a good finish, the first 95% is all prep. Anybody can spray, spray paint. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, once you get the hang of the gun, how the paint works, anybody can spray that. It's just a lot of people don't know how to prep. And that goes with anything. I mean, painting a house, doing all that stuff, it's all prep. If you fail there, you're going to fail. The end result will be fail. And believe me, I failed many times in the beginning. Yeah, which, I mean, I think that there's, I feel like that's normal. If you're, you know, if you're learning. But a lot of guys try to cut corners and try to speed up their process or make it cheaper by cutting out certain steps. And in the end, you're going to paint something two, three, four times. If you know, you're really saving money. Yeah, definitely. All right. So you're going to hate me, but I'm going to ask about the fire. Cause I, okay. when I met you in person, you're, I was like, Oh, I should have you on my show. And you're like, yeah, just don't ask me about the fire. And I was like, wait, what fire? <laughs> and so now I have to know. Basically, um, like all great companies like Microsoft, even though we're not that, we're not a billion dollar company. They all start in a garage and that's where we start. And basically it was me and me just by myself. My wife, she was a nurse. She would come home seven o'clock after a 12 hour shift and she would help prep stuff. And what happened was when you have, uh, you know, the ejection port doors, those little springs, they're not removable. Mm -hmm. So there's tons of oil and grease in there. So you take a torch and you 
burn it out. I mean, you don't turn it red hot because you'll damage the spring, but you kind of warm it up, leach out all the oils, blow it off, dip it, clean it, and then it's like rinse and repeat. You do that a few times and you can get the oil out of it. So she would do that, which isn't a big deal, but she did it and there was a small flame. And when she dipped it in the acetone, that was it. Oh man. It was, it was, it was the worst day in my life. It was right before Christmas. Uh-huh. I remember uh, December 13th or December 14th, 2014. And it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. It ended up being the greatest thing because, I mean, if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be where we are today because it forced us into moving into an actual shop mm-hmm. and doing things a little different instead yeah. of the isn't it crazy? Like you think like sometimes the worst thing in life that could, you know, and you're like, how am I going to like overcome this or get over it, get back on my feet? And looking back, sometimes you're like, huh, well, if that didn't happen, you know, then this wouldn't have happened. Not, and I'm not one to say like things happen for a reason. Cause I kind of hate that saying, but it is kind of weird how, you know, you do look back on certain moments where you're just going through a really rough time. You know, you've had really bad luck, whatever. And and you're like, actually, that was probably the best thing that could have happened. Well, we basically took, I was unemployed besides doing this in the garage. Mm-hmm. My wife, basically, we had to take a loan out and she cashed in her like IRA and all that stuff because yes, we had insurance, but we had to literally, we had to pay for everything out of pocket. Wow. And, and insurance took almost nine months to actually pay up. And I mean, thankfully, if anything, we didn't have like great grandfather's world war one, 1911 that he smuggled home in his butt or something. Yeah. (laughs) Easily be replaced. There was nothing crazy. I mean, there was some expensive stuff, but the first thing we did was start replacing. Uh So I dumped probably 120 grand. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. And then, I mean, we got that money back. I mean, most of it, we, I, we took a huge hit, but I mean, there was a time when we were struggling it was like, do we just keep going or, you know, what do we do? Give and, up and be homeless. Exactly. So, <laughs> I mean, well, thank God our garage was uh, detached from the house. So, cause it could have been a lot worse there. Oh, so I was thinking that your house went down with it. Oh, uh, it was just a garage. Just a little. Well, I mean, that's that's a lot better than I. I thought it was like your entire house and garage. No, but there was we lost about 120 grand total Mm -hmm. with the garage and everything in it, (laughs) which was, I mean, it was it was a kick in the dick. It really was. Yeah, I can imagine. I'm gonna take a quick break and talk about Sportsman's Guide real quick. Sounds good. Right now, Sportsman's Guide, they have a sale going on uh, with all of their guns, their ammo, accessories. Last week, it was hunting. This week, it's all about, you know, the guns and the ammo and the accessories. So go and check them out. Uh, just go to sportsmansguide.com. And, I mean, they have everything that you can pretty much imagine in all sorts of categories. So if nothing else, just go and check them out and see what they have. And um, And hopefully you guys, you know, find something you like. All right, I am here with Michael from Blown Deadline. And Michael, so you do a lot of like large volume orders. 
Um, you work with a lot of companies. Is this like, is, can you tell me like what some of the companies are that you work with or who some of the companies are? We started off our first large run was with, uh, Aero Precision. They nice. contacted us around, you know, around the time the, the first Star Wars movies were coming out, the newer ones. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to do kind of like a Star Wars theme without saying Star Wars as the title, but at least recognizable. Mm-hmm. So we made a deal and we did 200 uh, receiver sets and handguards, which was huge for us. I mean, that was unbelievably huge. Yeah. I told my wife, I said, if we get this, you can quit being a nurse and you can come work with us full time. It was just me and my nephew mm-hmm. at that time. And we got it. She quit. And ever since then, every few months, we get a, we get a nice run up, up to 600 rifles from, uh, Aero Precision. Wow. It used to take us six weeks to do 200. Now we can do three, four, 500 in two weeks. Yeah. That's what like, I was going to ask. I'm like, cause I know that this stuff takes time. And if nothing else, like even if you work quickly, it still has to cure. And I mean, I don't know a lot about Cerakote, but I would imagine that there's just, some stuff that you just have to wait on. Yeah. I mean, it's oven time. It's basically when you're flashing in between different layers. Okay. 15, 20, 30 minutes, but we were limited on ovens. So now, I mean, now we have five huge ovens. Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, I mean, you learn the different tricks and different methods and ways to get large runs like that done without sacrificing, you know, your customers. Cause I mean, that's what we're based on is the custom stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we get large orders, it's kind of hard to tell Joe Schmo with his Boba Fett, you know, Anderson rifle that he's going to have to wait an extra two weeks because arrow's more important. Yeah. You can't that too long. Um, so is it still just the three of you guys? No, it's uh, me, my nephew, my brother, my wife, and my sister-in-law. So okay. it's a thing. Yeah, definitely. And I met your your nephew at TriggerCon. He seems like yeah. a nice stand up guy. He's he's a good people person. Yeah. That's why he the phones. Is he single? Yes, he is. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's a good kid. Um, no, he is. I mean, actually, that's that's great that you guys can work together as a family. And is there like ever like any tension or anything? Is it tough to work with family? Oh yeah. It's always tough to work with family. Yeah. When I met my wife, we were bartenders together and we couldn't work together. But here, it's it's totally different because she's creative, I'm creative. So we work really well together here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, being family, I mean, they always take advantage of you. That's how family is. But I mean, they don't steal from me. Yeah, so, definitely. It's always a plus. What's up with the shim that you're always posting in your pictures? Well, like every every company or every business... You get, you get complaints. It happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, most, I would say 95% of our complaints, believe it or not, are local. Of all the people in the world, local people complain the most. And this guy dropped off like a muzzle brake, some shims, a uh, few little tiny parts, probably $40 worth of Cerakote. And we painted it. He came to pick it up. He left and then he got home and he called and he said that he's missing his crush washers. And I was like, uh, we don't have any crush washers. And then he sent a photo and they were shims. Uh-huh. So I said, oh, shims. Yeah, no, we don't paint shims. And my wife packed them up 
I watched her do it. And the guy said that he doesn't have his shims. So I was like, okay, well, you know, I can get you shims. That's not a big deal. Just tell me what you need. And he insisted that his gunsmith informed him since they were made in the Czech Republic and that they were left-handed shims, which kind of went over my head, but okay. Right. The gun is virtually worthless, his rifle, whatever it was. Oh, my gosh. And he cannot have it. He cannot shoot it or assemble it until he has somebody in Europe import him left-handed. <laughs> so he what was your reaction to this? Cause I think I would flip shit. I, I like the older I get, especially I'm like, I lose patience. And if I heard this, I would be like, are you fucking kidding me? I just, I just told him, I don't know what to tell you, man. We, we sent him back. There's your shims. Have, have a good one. Well, he left me a Yelp review, which oh, man. and the better business bureau. I really don't give two shits about either one. But it said that the paint job was great. It was just a couple black parts, so I'm hoping it would be great. Uh, but the owner is a thief. He stole my shims and sold them for drug money. <laughs> what? So I, I sold them. I stole his shims and I sold them for drug money. Apparently, I didn't know they were that valuable. Right. I yeah, I mean, what's like what is street value on shims? Like a and few cents. <laughs> it's got to be, you know. Depends on how many hands they go through, the price goes up, but. Did you replace the shim or no? No, I, I told him to fuck off. Yeah. There's nothing else I could do. I mean, I could not make the guy happy, so, and he was just an asshole. Yeah. I did have my attorney send him a, a cease and desist letter just to be a dick. Uh huh. I mean, he said I was a drug addict, so, I mean, that's mm. kind of. It's like libel or something. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Interesting. Gosh. Yeah. It's like the only downside of like, well, having your own business, you know, and then people complain, which I, I don't, you know, even as an instructor, I don't even think I have, I have five star reviews on everything, but it's just still, it's like just dealing with people or they write stupid emails, you know, just asking stupid questions. And like, yeah, there is such a thing as a stupid question. And it's just, I mean, it's exhausting just dealing with people. It's like you kind of just wish you could just do your job. And I'm sure you're like, I wish I could just, you know, paint guns and not have to deal with it. But unfortunately, it comes with the territory. Well, I used to be uh, pretty uh, mouthy, I guess. I'm I'm a smart ass. I don't have a filter. I say what's on my mind. And even if it's wrong, I may regret it and I may not. Yeah. Most of the time. But I just say it. And that's why my nephew, Jonathan, you met him. Mm -hmm. He's the one the phone and deals with customers now because he's a lot more docile than I am. I'm, I'll tell someone the wrong thing and then it ends up all over the internet and whatever. I'm an asshole, but. So I think within the first five minutes that I met you, cause I, you know, I don't have much of a filter. Like on my podcast, I try not to curse too much, but (laughs) you said something like, Oh my God, you have like, you know, I'm trying to think what it is that you said. Basically saying that, like, I curse like a truck driver. I talk like a truck driver and that that's awesome. <laughs> like a sailor, I guess. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I don't know. So I want to know, has there been anything that, like, what's the craziest thing or design that somebody has requested? Oh, man. I mean, that's, that's actually tough. When, when I saw the questions, I was like, I don't know what the craziest thing is yet, but 
I so mean, you haven't had anybody ask like, you know, for even like some weird design or, you know, put like dicks on their gun or. Yeah. you could, That's not really that crazy. I mean, I guess dick camo or multicum is like popular nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a, uh, a multi-cat camo. Hmm, that's interesting. Uh, a, a bunch of cats. I mean. For the guess, cat lady. Yeah. Well, no, I don't know. I think it was a guy. Uh, okay. That's disturbing. <laughs> no, actually, Clint Walker. <laughs> huh, that's funny. I mean, and then we did do like a, a paisley powder puff kind of 60s theme for a gun, which people thought was ironic because it said peace and love and all that stuff. It's, right. I guess, no words. Huh. I'm surprised that you don't have anything that's like crazier, though. I would have thought, because I've seen you do some like just really, I mean, just amazing work. And I'm surprised that nobody's requested anything. That we've just had That's so just kind of out there, yeah. The, the worst is, here, just do whatever you want with it. Oh, I'm sure. I don't have ideas that I, you know what I mean? At that spur of the moment, I usually have to look at something and see how it looks or see what might work with it before I can figure something out. Yeah. Huh. Those take the longest. I'll have to come up with an idea then. Yeah, come on. And break the internet. Well, the PAPS can did pretty good. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to talk to you about that in a second when we talk about Q, because I thought that was pretty cool. You did a good job on that. All right. So, and where are you based out of? We're just north of Detroit in a city called Clinton Township. Okay. So people can, they can contact you if they're local. Otherwise, you're getting stuff in from all over the U.S., right? Yeah, most of our work is actually shipped to us. Okay. And what is your website for people that don't know? It's blowndeadline.net. You're also on social media. Like, that's where you really display a lot of your work. Yeah, it started with Instagram. That's just uh, at blowndeadline. Mm-hmm. And then on, you know, Twitter. I don't really twit that much. but No, I don't either. Twitter and Facebook is BDL Cerakote. Okay. All right, perfect. So guys, if you're listening, go and uh follow Blown Deadline and you'll see some really cool stuff. And you have time to hang out for the rest of the show? Sure. All right, cool. So we're going to talk about Q. All right, I saw, yeah, you recently did a can uh with the Paps Blue Ribbon. And I mean, it looks amazing. It's like flawless. Did you do that on one of his cans? Yeah, I did it on my uh trash can. Okay, and it was on a honey badger. Yep. That you had. Yeah, that looked really cool. Did uh did Kevin contact you or did you show Kevin from Q? I Kevin and uh, he kind of laughed and thought it was funny. Nice. Yeah, that I mean. So, how do you like Q's products? You have the honey badger. You have the trash panda. Do you have any other products from him? I've got two honey badgers. One is the suppressed one with the longer handguard, mm-hmm. both SBRs. And then I have the shorter one. I've got a half Nelson, a Thunder Chicken, and the Trash Pan. Nice. I, and I are like you- the, I mean, some people, I don't know. I just like it. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah, I know. He does, he makes some really good quality stuff. And it just, it looks nice too on top of that. It just looks different. It sticks out from any other guns out there. Um, 
aesthetically pleasing. Uh huh. Yep, I agree. Even though it's like all these like mismatched colors, it technically, you know, it it comes together really well. No, yeah, it all works. I mm-hmm. mean, SR seventeen, the FDE. Yeah, definitely. So if you guys want to check out Q's products, just go to liveqordie.com. And next is the AF segment. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as... Never mind. AF. So I wanted to tell people that Club Soda does, in fact, get red wine out of a dress. Or out of anything, I guess, for that matter. But you know how they always say, like, oh, just, you know, put some club soda on it. And I always thought it was like a wives' tale. And uh, it does, in fact, work. So, Michael, you went to, we were both invited to the VIP party at TriggerCon. And it took place on a boat. And this is just so funny that I have to share. So, 20 minutes, just basically upon boarding the boat. We're 20 minutes in. The entire boat rider party was like three hours. And I was wearing this white dress and talking to somebody and I don't know if the wind blew or, you know, I just like, I don't know exactly what happened, but basically I spilled red wine all over my freaking dress. (laughs) And my boyfriend, he like looked at me like he knew like, okay, the rest of the night it's over. It's ruined. (laughs) But so we went upstairs to like where there's a, there was a bathroom and it's like hot as shit in this bathroom because It doesn't have like any ventilation. It was super hot that day. And he goes to the bartender and asks for some club soda. And the guy just gives him like a little cup. And I'm in the bathroom, like basically like putting soap and water all over my dress. And I'm like sweating my ass off because it's super hot. Then he goes back, like, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes later, he goes back to ask for more club soda. But meanwhile, we open the door and there's like a line to the bar. So I'm sure everybody thought I was like having sex, like on this boat because I'm all like, I look all sweaty and it's just, it wasn't a good look for me. And then the bartender eventually gave me just the entire bottle of club soda. But long story short, I basically put it all over my dress because if it didn't come out, I had another plan. I was going to have somebody just, you know, dab their fingers in red wine and just keep splattering it all over my, my dress. And I was just going to be like, oh yeah, it's tie dye. Um, but luckily I didn't have to do that. And it did come out and you're like, you would have never noticed. It's like, it's insane how well it came out. Yeah. I couldn't even tell there was. Yeah. it's. I mean, you would think like, okay, maybe it just kind of lightened the red a little bit. So it wasn't as noticeable, but when the sun hit it a certain way, but you, you can't tell at all whatsoever. So I was pretty impressed with that. So I'm just telling you guys, um, in case you're ever in a situation, cause I was like thinking to myself, great, I'm on a boat. It's not even like I could just run to the nearest store and like get a change of clothes. Like I am stuck wearing this freaking dress for the next three hours. Couldn't look like Carrie if you would have got the red all over the place. True. That's true. You're right. See here, I was like thinking tie dye, but you know, you took it to the next level. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think about the VIP party? It was on a boat. It was, people and just like any other VIP party, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I thought it was fine. Yeah. It I was, mean, I, it was I got fun. To, and, and all hung out with a few buddies and stuff, mm-hmm. so it was cool. Yeah. So, see John, too. John who? John Wang from uh, Rainier. Oh, yeah. 
he's such a nice guy. I met him for the first time. Like all the guys from Rainier Arms, I met them. And uh, even after TriggerCon, I had I spent like two extra days in Seattle because I just wanted to explore. But I had lunch with them. I toured Rainier Arms. I recorded some video footage, which I'll be posting on my YouTube channel uh, probably in the next week. But I was really impressed with the guys that are behind the company. And I had no idea that they were like such a small company because from their online presence, it looks like they're huge. That's the way it works. It's crazy. Yeah. All right. So we're going to talk about Sharps real quick. So I'm sure like doing Cerakote work, you probably get a ton of orders with the, uh, the Sharps lower. That's probably one of our, one of the most popular lowers that we paint. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Because I mean, it's one of those things where you have to paint it. Like if you just have it plain black, it's like, eh, okay, boring. So it's almost like people buy it specifically because they have the intentions to get it Cerakoted. And if you guys aren't familiar with Sharps Bros, um, a lot of people think that it is, uh, uh, Spikes Tactical that made it, which is not. They were just selling the lowers, but there's all kinds of lowers. Uh, recently somebody on the internet mentioned the overthrow, which looks like a battle helmet design. They have the, you know, the, the skull, uh, a hog. I mean, just all kinds of stuff. And, Really, I mean, if you just even go on uh, Instagram, on Sharps Bros Instagram, and see like all the cool things that people have done, it's really impressive. And that's a good thing about John too. He he likes to show everybody's work. He's I mean, uh-huh. we do a lot of stuff for him personally and for some of his friends, but he kind of promotes everybody that does because everybody's got a different take on like the Jack or some of these different lowers. Everybody's got a different take, which is cool to see. Yeah, definitely. I know. I've seen some really interesting things done with the Jack. Like I think somebody tried, somebody made a Joker out of the Jack. So just things that you would think like, oh, everybody's going to do like the typical skull, you know, the skull color or whatever. But people have gotten super creative. Even just recently, I posted one where it was like a American flag and that looked pretty cool. And I was like, oh, I would do that. I've removed teeth from the jack before. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just grind them out. Some people cut holes where the eyes are. I mean, there's there's, there's a lot of creative people out there doing some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely I, cool. Still, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, if you guys want to check out Sharps Bros, just go to sharpsbros.com and, uh, and check out everything that they have. And then there's also a lot of... Um, you know, online companies that are selling their products too, like Rainier Arms. All right, now the Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. When I set this up, I thought that people would be asking me questions about like gun-related stuff, maybe even like relationship advice. But yeah, I... Some of the questions that come in are pretty interesting. So today's question, are you an extrovert or an introvert? And Michael, I'm going to have you answer this as well. But believe it or not, I think a lot of people would think that I was an extrovert. But typically, 
I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit of both, but I do definitely like my alone time, like my downtime. Um, even if there's events and stuff, like I still need some time to like decompress. And, uh, I think, you know, I've become more of an extrovert along the years, but just even being like in a room filled with people or at a concert or something like I actually kind of tend to get anxiety about it. So yeah, there you have it. What about you? I'm loud spoken, outspoken. I, nothing scares me. Absolutely nothing. I, I would say I'm an extrovert. Yeah. I speak my opinion to you. Oh yeah. Well, so, I mean, I definitely like, I don't bite my tongue and I don't care about the repercussions. I mean, I've said some stuff to people in the industry cause I'm like, I'm not going to kiss their ass and I'll tell them exactly how I feel about them, but, or their products. But, but I have noticed, like I have to, I definitely need my downtime afterwards. Cause it's just, it's exhausting sometimes. Like just being, you know, turned like on all the time, like trying to be your best and, talking 24 seven. And yeah, I just like, I need a break. And like, even now I live alone and I'm totally content living alone. And, you know, I have a little dog, but yeah, I just, I like, I have no, like, I definitely don't get bored if I'm by myself. And if anything, a lot of times I prefer, like if I spend a lot of time with you, that means I really like you. Cause typically I don't even, <laughs> when I don't have to, I don't really want to be around a ton of people. You have a timer that goes off and and it's time for them to leave. Yeah, basically. <laughs> uh. Polymer 80. So I was thinking it probably shouldn't be much longer until they introduced that single stack nine. It's uh, supposed to be the equivalent of like a Glock 43. I'm super excited about that. I would say like in the next couple months, they're, they're supposed to, uh, to have it. They're supposed to have it out. So I'm super excited about that. If you guys are interested in building your own gun, uh, the polymer eighties, they accept any of the Glock parts, Glock, uh, gen three parts, head on over to polymer 80.com. If you see something you like, use the code GUNFUNNY and that gets you 10% off. Tactic talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it. Hate it? Find out now. All right, so we're going to talk about our trip to TriggerCon. So aside from your products, your 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 work basically being displayed in all the booths, did you see anything that you thought was like pretty cool? Any new products? Or if you want to talk about your experience? Well, the only thing I saw that was really really cool was that LWRC. The 45 SMG. Uh huh. I thought that was pretty cool because I'll be honest, the whole AR market is flooded. Yeah. I'm not really trying to build any more ARs. I can't even tell you how many I have. I know. But, and then the BNT booth, of course. I mean, yeah, their stuff was so nice. And so I actually, I'll, I'll release a video on them, uh, soon, but. Cause I, I interviewed them, but in the interview I said, you know, I'm like, I've never heard of your company before. And they're like, Oh, well we've been around for 30 years, but yeah. they just haven't really marketed their products. But I was so impressed with everything that they had. It looked super cool. I haven't shot any of their products. So as far as like, you know, how they operate and stuff and if they run well, I don't know, but just the way that they looked was just amazing. And 
yeah, I was like super impressed with their stuff. Yeah, apparently they made they make and they still do lots of parts for HK. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, I mean, you'll see some of the stocks and some of the other parts are exactly like the HK. I mm-hmm. mean, barrels, all sorts of stuff. But B and T is like probably my favorite manufacturer at the moment. How long? So, did you have you always known about them? Uh, it's been maybe two years now. Okay, it's crazy that they've been in business for thirty years. But I yeah. think they also said that they make a lot of like government stuff. So yeah. they're more of a manufacturer as opposed to trying to, I guess, sure. sell to the public. We don't see a lot of the stuff that the Europeans have. Yeah, that's true. I mean, same with like IWI as well. I've got nine B&Ts, a couple post samples. They're, they all shoot wonderful. Hmm, that's good to know. I well, I think I'm going to contact them and see if I can get my hands on a few of their products. Yeah, you can't go wrong with me. Yeah, there. I'm like, just the way that they looked was amazing. I'm trying to think what else I saw. Did that... um, you see that stock? That little tiny, like, PDW stock that um, Deadfoot Arms had? I don't the think so. Stock, but they have this other one. It's uh, it's made, it was actually designed by Angstead Arms. Uh-huh. They had a military bid, so they submitted it, and it was built for a military bid. But now they're releasing it to civilians under Deadfoot Arms, I believe, is going to be making. I thought that was pretty cool. Cause and it was just a really tiny stock? Just incredibly small. Well, I did see the stock that Maxim Defense came out with, although this isn't as new. But actually, I think this the gun now it has – they basically – their buffer tube is – I don't know, the way that the receiver and the stock and the buffer tube – but they were able to take out a lot of extra space, and that yeah, thing was tiny. That's another nice, nice looking gun. But it is kind of still a an AR based on an AR. Yeah. Well, I couldn't help but ask, you know, because I think it's very similar to the Honey Badger. So yeah. when I interviewed them, I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask you something that you may hate, but you know, how does this compare to the Honey Badger? Because it looks very similar. But I guess their gun is actually their barrel's a little bit shorter. Yeah, but it's a, it's a pretty cool gun, though. I I like it. I put my hands on it a couple of times. I saw it at Shot Show last year. It was cool, yeah. but it's not something that I'm like really excited to go buy yet. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and they have so it comes in five five six or now their newest caliber that they just released at TriggerCon is three hundred blackout. I don't know three hundred blackout. I haven't really doesn't really do much for me. I've got. Probably a dozen 300 blackout rifles. Huh. I don't know why. I've got a six hour Rattler. Mm-hmm. And with their titanium uh, suppressor, that's, it is literally movie quiet. I mean, it is no ears indoors. I mean, I still wear ears, but it's probably the quietest can I've heard on, on that gun at least. Mm-hmm. With something it's incredibly quiet. Hmm. Cool. Anything else that you want to talk about that you saw at TriggerCon? Uh, I didn't see any. I saw a couple straws, actual plastic ones. What? Yeah, I saw plastic straws. Where did you see this at? And did you call authorities? No, I'm I'm not a tattletale. (laughs) Wait, where did you see them? Some Earls or something. Huh, interesting. Yeah, everywhere I went. I'm like, can I get a straw? Stupid freaking paper straw. 
don't which I know that's the thing. It's like, it sounds great in theory, but I'm like, how much more material are you wasting? Because people have to replace their straws. We also went to, um, the great ghost party and that was fun. A lot of people went to that and, um, it was like basically open bar and they had a bunch of food and stuff. And that was a good party. That was, that was shocking. Open bar. Plus usually they give you, five or six choices for liquors. Yeah, there was no restrictions. It was like, order whatever you want. I remember Chris Costa came up to me and he's like, he told the bartender, he's like, I want that Japanese whiskey. Of course, he didn't know how to pronounce it, but he was like, yeah, that, I want it. And then he looked at me and he's like, well, is that impressive? And I was like, "Mm, not really. (laughs) Chris is a good guy. He is. He was cracking me up. All right, now we're going to get into iTunes reviews. Um, so if you guys haven't left us an iTunes review, please do. It just kind of helps to put Gun Funny on the map. And if you don't like iTunes, you could always go to Facebook, Gun Funny, and, uh, and leave a review there. So the first review is from Squatty Bob, five stars, grimy, greasy, fun. Been listening since I was a baby. This show is smoother than blended carrots and peas. And then the second one is James G 65 stars. Keep up the great work. I really love the show. I just go through listening to your interview or I just got through listening to your interview with Curtis Hallstrom and was once again impressed with the range of guests you bring to the show. Shout out to tacticals from our pup pepper, sometimes pepper spray, unfortunately, James G. So out of those two, who do you think should win a patch? I don't know, man. Grimy, greasy fun is always good. I know. I agree. Sounds like a ton of fun. All right. So go ahead and contact me. And that was Squatty Bob, right? Yeah. Squatty Bob, contact me and I will send you out a patch. And now for, you know, now the time that everyone's been waiting for, we're going to wrap up. Well, Michael, I feel like you've been waiting for it. (laughs) Ever since I was like, come on, get on with me real quick. Let's record a show. I got one more day and I'm gone for a week, so I'm good. Ah, that's so nice. Well, I feel like I'm going to go take a hot bath after this because I'm telling you, my muscles are killing me. Grimy, greasy, but. Yeah, basically. All right. So, guys, if you want to find us, go to gunfunny.com. There's links to basically where you can find the podcast and everything. There's links to social media, YouTube. There's uh, both YouTube channels on there. And there's also a little thing where it says support us where it has affiliate links. So if you're just buying something from Brownells, Rainier Arms, Palmetto State Armory, if you click on that and you buy something, we get a percentage of the sale. So it's a really good way to support the show without having to do anything really on your end. And if you would like to go even further and support the show, you should consider becoming a Patreon. So just a dollar gets you access into our Patreon-only Facebook and Michael, you recently got access to that Facebook group. Yeah. Do you have all the regrets? No, I've been in worse groups, honestly. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good like group of people in there. And I definitely get quite a, you know, quite a bit of entertainment out of it. Free for all. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, there's like no restrictions. And then depending on your level of, you know, pledge, like $5 enters you into a monthly raffle giveaway. And then on top of that, so you are giving away a $300 gift certificate every month to one lucky Patreon. Yep. That'll be up to you. Well, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do, you know, like my typical number generator and pick somebody. 
So if nothing else, that's a really good opportunity to become a patron. And it doesn't matter what level of patron you are. Everyone's included. And then also because of your Patreon pledge, you know, it all goes back into the show. Um, it also helps to afford an editor who is Kenny Ortega. The show would not be as good as it is without Kenny. And I appreciate all of his hard work. And then I just want to thank the $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Kevin Brittingham, Michael Alexio, Silencer Shop, and Joe Lines. And the king of the Patreon is still Jon Snow, and he wants me to say, the best part about waking up is not Folgers in your cup, but knowing that Operator Tickles didn't kill you in your sleep. <laughs> and Operator Tickles is uh, my dog. And if you don't follow her on Instagram, you should. It's tack, tack underscore tickles. Tacticals. And uh, all right. So, Michael, I just wanted to say thank you for joining me. I really appreciate your time. And uh, keep up the great work. And once again, can you just tell listeners where they can find you on the interwebs? The best place is the website, loandeadline.net, not .com. All right, cool. That one. Awesome. All right, we are out of here. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.